Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. USA. 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 It's time for America. Well, at least the pale ales that come from there. Once the king of craft beer mountain, before the arrival of its hoppier cousin, IPA, took over, we are going to look back into this beer style and see how it started and where it's at now. So relax as we have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where we, you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. And technically, we do learn along with us. I mean, yeah. Is that how I said that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started also, I was trying I, to get it out. I was like, that's not happening right now. <laughs> pre-show conversation sneaking in already, but I cannot get the phrase. Uh, I cannot get the pig jokes out of my head. Leave them and squealing from the feeling. I almost said when Brittany said, uh, "I'm Brittany Walker." I almost said, "I'm Winkin from the Boinkin." <laughs> <laughs> Look, and then, gotta, then we all would have been done. I've got to find down Periscope streaming <laughs> somewhere. Oh, like it—it it was like, on HBO a while back. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Because I. Uh, well, I don't know if it still was. It's one of those things like HBO rotates in and out. But I remember seeing it on there, and I went. Yeah, I got a couple hours to kill. That's usually my rule for down Periscope. If I see it, I'm like, yeah, okay. I need a man who's got. Well, I need a man who's got a tattoo across his. <laughs> across his John man. Strangely enough, sir, yes. That <laughs> <laughs> hey, was from the uh, the merman's brushing incident. Let's see, that, also per our pre-show conversation, Jaws is in fact streaming on everything that hbo has its name on okay. <laughs> hbo max hbo now blah 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 so HBO well i don't think Go. hbo now really exists anymore does it no it's it's, well, it's just it's basically just a it's it's a landing page that says go to hbo max basically yeah so i found out i had hbo max and went oh <laughs> okay and now you, know, you, can, some... you can fix the lifetime injustice of you never having seen jaws i i can yes i was hoping that wasn't going to be as public wow. as Holy crap, down Periscope, the only way to watch it is not buy buying it. yeah, the only oh. way to watch it not buying it is having direct TV. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Nothing is worth that cost. <laughs> so I'll just buy it. Okay. <laughs> so I, what you're saying is <laughs> what you're saying is we should buy it, which in fairness, why not? I mean yeah. Yeah. it's good for once a year. I mean much like many of our, I mean all of our seasonal things. I mean, I was watching something today that was uh, 
discussing uh, 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 Christmas Carol, and they were at the end of it. They were like, "Yeah, no, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Muppets, uh, best Christmas Carol adaptation you're going to find." I don't care who says differently. Oh yeah, no, that's that's science. A thousand percent. And after. <laughs> I was watching something where they were talking about like production of that movie and everything because it was the first Muppet Christmas Carol was the first Muppets production after Jim died. Jim, yes. So that's when they were like, everything was up in the air. No one had a clue about any of this. That's uh, why like, Kermit and Fozzie are in the background while Gonzo and Rizzo are in the front foreground. Well, and cause, yeah, because Brian Henson at the time, I think, was doing Kermit. He directed. No, he did not voice Kermit. Oh, yeah. No, the, 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 the guy who used to be doing Kermit did him, not the guy who's doing him now that yeah, the sounds that completely sounds horrendous. Wrong. Has so not found his about, Kermit voice yeah, yet. Yeah, we've, we've talked about it. We've talked about it. But like, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but no, I that, that's a good that's a good point. But I but at the same time, like it it worked out because like Gonzo telling the story, you're like, yeah, no, that's and that's yeah, like that's how the whole thing because they're like, we can't Kermit can't be a star. Hmm. So they found their way around it. But then they're talking about just the sets of it. It's the first time they had done. A production like that where there's a living person in the middle of it like completely uh, exposed side. yeah there's yeah, not like the muppets so they had this elaborate because the the set it was all filmed in one big yeah. set so they like the whole little town square was built and they Michael had little Kane, hidey holes for them yeah is walking on this planking that is just angled so that the angle of the cameras don't reveal the puppeteers running along just under him in these trenches. Just like superbly like well done. The more you think about it, then <laughs> it's a, uh, it's much friendlier trenches than what I'm used to reading about. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> the Muppet trenches. Don't you want to see that? Oh God. Gonzo putting on, like trying to get the, the mask on, but his nose won't. <laughs> the Meanwhile, Rizzo is there like oh. trying to help him. He's like, he's got his on. He's like, come on, Gonzo. No, the gas attacks coming. They got tragic. Okay. Uh, to, so how's everybody been? I mean, uh, I'll just say my mental state is such that I'm discussing World War II gas attacks about Muppets. Uh, how are you guys? Man. About the same? I don't yeah. know. I'm tired? Uh, <laughs> we've, had, we've had a day. We went to a child's birthday party. And uh, and and Emmett and I have, have had some, some allergy fun happening lately which is just the best in the middle so of Emmett, Emmett has Chris's ability to tan and your allergies yeah pretty much <laughs> so far that's the only thing I've apparently given him is in the, in the, the ability in, to tan because oh, otherwise he looks like me yeah. <laughs> uh, but the like at the, at the party I'm like why is a child of mine running into the sun constantly come back <laughs> we just have to keep it was just torture like, there's a shelter I don't, you, why would you why would no, you want to go out there? There was a playground, and he was like, oh, I'm going to go play on the equipment. But the equipment is being superheated in the sun. Yep. So he gets up to it, and as soon as he touches it, he's like, oh, I don't want to touch that. And he's like, but I want to climb this slide. Mm -hmm. So he's like trying to navigate up this slide without touching it or touching it as little as possible. And until I go to scoop him off of it, and he's like, "Yeah, no, this is for the best." <laughs> was was it a was it an old school metal slide where like the sun literally? No. Oh, okay. Thankfully, no. Because <laughs> because the, the the summers of oh, let's oh. go down the what happened? I've got third degree burns all down my back. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think they make metal slides anymore. It was just... my pants are on fire. Were you lying? <laughs> no, the slide was very hot. <laughs> No, it's just the standard. It was, it was a green plastic situation, made. but yeah, it was 
it was it was all very hot. So yeah, I was I was not okay. <laughs> but yeah, my my work has I'm back on the road for a little bit. Only instead of riding in trucks, I'm just driving in my car and. So mileage checks, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I'm getting how much a mile? Well, I drove a thousand miles this week. <laughs> Would you drive a thousand more just to be the man? Who... No, I'm I'm really tired. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm proclaiming nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, uh, so so we're all just like getting through work, getting through life right now. We're uh, As... good old times. As as everything gets more and more everything, I guess. We, I don't know. We, we are the well, twenty twenty is just the embodiment of the uh that this is fine dog <laughs> in the fiery yeah. room. That's just that's all of us. That's, no, it's it's not fine. But uh this will be our break from that. Yes. Tonight this is, is a... everyone's happy place. It is. It is our drunky place. But before we get into our topic, because, hey, guess what? There are no untapped badges. It's it's almost like everyone's having to cut back on the budget. And I bet untapped is loving that. Yeah, they're, oh, I, I can't imagine. But so uh, we did, however, manage to scrounge up some great uh, news articles to talk about in this week's news episode where, um, you know, AB InBev's in... A nice uh, hotbed of legal trouble. But what, we had a, not a, one, but two legal problems. Yes. We had a water is wet uh, situation with AB and Bev stories. <laughs> like, yeah, some things happened. Oh, they're in trouble for uh, trying to circumvent the three-tier system. Oh, who would have guessed? And uh, and then carbon neutral uh, bourbon heading your way. Uh, or at least a facility. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited, quite frankly. So... Uh, yeah, I, and there's also the infuriating Rose. Oh, Rose the, robot. Rose the robot who got the Jetsons drunk. <sighs> Would you like some Rose, Elliot? I'm five. I don't care. Yeah. Astro's getting getting hammered too. <laughs> Very topical, the Jetsons. Yeah, but uh, you can. <laughs> Look, Find that out. happened. That happened in the year two thousand. <laughs> Look, are we gonna do the Harvey Birdman jokes? <laughs> when they say that, and he looks at the calendar, and it's like two thousand four. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta miss that show. God, All right, but yeah, that's uh, this week's news episode. You can go and check that out. But in the meantime, you're here, so why don't we get into APAs? Been up that truck, Been up that truck. Give us time. We've got something special for this episode. We'll talk about it as we go. Hmm. A few something uh, specials. Well, uh, before the American IPA became the most popular beer style, at least in 2011. Uh, <laughs> the before the Amer- times. The before times. Uh, the American pale ale was king. The pale denomination is still a uh, go-to for those just wading into the craft beer scene. Those who are sitting down to dinner and don't want to overpower their meal or just want something easy to drink at the end of a long day. Ah, man. Remember when IPAs were too hoppy? Pale Ale remembers. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, in the 19th century, ales were uh, pale in co- that were pale in color were often called pale or bitter. By the way, some of this is going to sound familiar because we covered parts of this in previous episodes. So, in a couple on several episodes, several one, two, three, four other episodes, we've hit on things that are in this episode. But again, as we said, uh, as the show progresses forward, we're going to start diving in deeper into previously mentioned topics, right. and this one just happens to be like an intersection of like four or five other mentioned things that Plus, sometimes things need refreshed. So yeah, like, like drinks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, some historians uh, point, uh, point to brewing records from about uh, 150, 150 years ago when these bear, bears beers were referred to as bitter ales to distinguish them from the sweet brown ale and mild ales of the day. <laughs> I know they mean sweet as in it was a sweeter flavor, but I'm just picturing that like, oh, the sweet, sweet brown ale. Uh, Truly, you belong here both. with us among the brewers. Among the yeast. Yeah, among the yeast. Uh, in modern times, the distinction is only made between pale ale and bitter. Uh, bitter. Bitter. I'm going to have some trouble with that word today. <laughs> But even that division is blurry. Some consider the manner of dispensing beer as the decisive factor. If the beer is served on draft, it would be called a bitter, even a bottle, a pale ale. No matter which name is used, these are traditional beers of the English pub. American brewers, who tend to shy away from the name bitter, make pale ales both in the more restrained English tradition and the more assertive American style. So this is going to take us to the granddaddy of... Uh, American ale, American pale ales, who is not Sierra Nevada. Every source I found, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's kind of a problem. That everyone thinks Sierra Nevada uh, made the pale ales. No, no, they helped popularize it. They did. Uh, they they made it a a key year round beer, as opposed to our first entry, who eventually got there, but started out with a initial run. Of their Liberty Ale Anchor Brewing. So we'll do a little refresher on them as we pour a little bit. I've got a Liberty Ale. Does anybody else happen to have one? We we also well, happen to have a an Anchor Brewing Company, Liberty Ale. I'll pour this West Coast Ale into my Alaskan brewing glass because <laughs> it too is from the waste. Anyway, Anchor began in the California gold rush when Goblet Berkel arrived from Germany. We're just going to keep going like I said that, right? Because yep. mm. I didn't. Uh, and began brewing in San Francisco uh, in 1896. Ernest F. Baruth and his son-in-law, Otto Sch- Schink- Schnickel? Schink- Schinkel, I guess. Schinkel? Yeah. Otto, Otto Schinkel Jr., that's right. Someone thought that name was so good they should do it again. <laughs> brought the old brewery to the Pacific at to uh, <laughs> brought the old brewery on Pacific Avenue and named it Anchor. Uh, the brewery burned down during the fires and followed the uh, that followed the 1906 earthquake, but was rebuilt in a different location in 1907. That one sunk into a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> then they built another one. That one caught on fire, then sunk into the swamp. But the third, <laughs> third picture, one stayed. Just picture the grand reopening seventy-five times of the Bob's Burgers intro. 
yeah it's not exactly what happened but i couldn't pass up a monty python joke uh there's no record of what anchor did during prohibition but it resumed serving its steam beer after repeal uh possibly as the only steam brewing company still in operation i'm i'm gonna guess there's no record because there were no official books during prohibition and they mm-hmm. were probably doing some uh, slightly illegal things or maybe they're making ice cream Sure, sure. We'll, we'll go and they that. lost the ice cream records in an, another fire, or a swamp stinking, <laughs> or a combination of sinking into a, into swamp, a swamp while catching fire. 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 However, the brewery burned down yet again. <laughs> <laughs> so this maybe time, they did actually lose the records. Yeah, this time, actually, in the uh... <laughs> not in a Python esque situation, uh, and. <laughs> within a year of prohibition repealed we're back guys Son you're of a- killing me <laughs> so the yeah, joke's over it it really did burn down again <laughs> and relocated once more this time to a building a few blocks away still no word on swamps possibly more flame retardant they don't know Brewery continued operation into the late 1950s, but suffered heavily from the country's increasingly strong preference for light lagers produced oh, by mega breweries. So as you say, the country's increasing <laughs> fires. <laughs> Guys, we're retired. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> so uh, why is why is the uh, Great Lake? Well, I know why the Great Lakes. Uh, pale ale is called uh, Fire Burning River, River or Burning River. Why isn't why isn't this one for uh, Anchor just called like Burning Brewery? Uh, well, probably because they didn't think it would sell. Uh, <laughs> said when, whereas there had been more than four thousand breweries at the turn of the twentieth century, only seventy remained by the nineteen sixties. Yeah. Anchor shut its doors briefly in nineteen fifty nine, but was bought and reopened the following year. Uh, but by 19, uh, 1965, however, it was doing so poorly that it nearly closed again. The situation continued to de- deteriorate largely because the current owners lacked the expertise, equipment, and attention to cleanliness required to produce consistent batches of beer for commercial consumption. This gained the deserving reputation for a uh, producing sour, bad beer. Turns out when you make bad stuff, people don't want to buy it. Yeah, crazy. Who knew? Well, hearing that Anchor Brewing was about to close and looking for a fitting business challenge outside his family's vast appliance empire, Fritz Maytag III bought the company in 1965 uh, and made enhancing its fortunes his mission. The uh, venture did not meet with enthusiasm from his family back in Iowa. Maytag is the great-grandson of the Maytag Corporation founder, Frederick Louis Maytag I. Sure. Son of and son of Maytag Dairy Farms founder Frederick Lewis Maytag II. To say he yeah. came from money is uh, putting it lightly. Well, the commitment to quality and the more expensive raw materials being key to the family's success in the Iowa uh, washing machine business, Fritz Maytag was unafraid of Anchor's uh, Anchor Steam low volume but higher end marketing position. The brand produced a characterful local beer, but frequently in the 1950s and into the 60s, it became contaminated and turned sour. To revive the company in its early years at at Anchor, Maytag invested extensively, borrowing heavily uh, to revamp the company and expand its capacity. In doing so, he placed at risk a substantial substantial portion of his inheritance. He focused on turning around Anchor Brewing's fortunes, uh, 
and he both altered the recipe and the complex brewing process. Uh, over time, the beer surged in popularity. And then the Anchor Liberty Ale, a 6% uh, ABV ale originally brewed by Anchor Brewing Company as a special uh, in the in 1975 to commemorate Paul Revere's Midnight Ride in se- uh, 1775, which marked the start of the American War of Independence, uh, was seen by Michael Jackson, the beer one, not <laughs> not right. the other one. Which we have to say every time because I mean because we're yeah. idiots and that's where our minds go. Well, I I assume everyone does. <laughs> Brittany, our listeners are not idiots, but also. The beer one. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he marked it as the first modern American ale. Uh, Fritz Maytag visited breweries in London, Yorkshire, Burton-upon-Trent, uh, Burton picking up information about robust pale ales, which uh, he used to make his American version using uh, just malt rather than malt and sugar combination common to brewing at the time, uh, and making prominent use of the American hop, Cascade. Oh, the cascade. The beer is popular uh, and became a regular in 1983. From Anchor's site, Liberty Ale uh, held true to its heritage, brewed with an all-malt recipe that is hopped exclusively in the whole, with whole-flower ca- cascade hops from the Pacific Northwest. Liberty Ale is the first modern American ale to employ dry hopping. Early in its days, Liberty Ale was considered to be a radically bitter product, Unchanged since then, it's now held to be somewhat of a mid-range uh, in that regard. Our pioneering use of dry hops now almost exclusively, almost universally emulates the craft beer industry, uh, emulated by the craft beer industry, now continues to be an important element of the classic uh, example of the pale ale. So speaking of which, I believe we all have one poured. We do. So let's we're, we're going to start sneaking in some what we're drinking in the middle of this, just because it, it's nice when we're talking about these. So this is... The Liberty Ale uh, from Anchor Brewing Company, and this is the Granddaddy American Pale Ale. So, uh, yes, it is in color. It is that it uh, it could a very, be a little paler, but it's it's got a nice amber. There's kind of an amber hue to it, but it's still quite pale. Yeah, it's um much more bitter than I remember it. Uh, you know. It's it's got that soapy bitter, if that makes yeah. sense. It's yeah. got that whole cone or whole flower cascade going. It's the yeah. cascade that gets yeah. Cascade hops are just like that. And that's yeah. uh, they'll often give us soapy. And it's not bad. And it's it's perfectly, you know, perfectly drinkable, especially, you know, were this the middle of the day, I'd be killing this thing. You can taste the history in every sip. Um, I can't remember when it was because when did they start brewing it permanently? Because it was uh, 1983. 83, okay. So they made it the first time in 1975. Uh, then once it kind of took off, they went, oh, oh we, we may have something in our hands here. Do we make it in the steam thing, sir? I don't know, man. Just brew it. <laughs> also, using whole whole hops mm-hmm. something else that a different west coast brewery will also use mm, yes their yeah. their methods a bit more unique <laughs> uh and i'm is it albion 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 okay 
the new Albion Brewing Company is known as the first American craft beer brewery, apparently. Uh, founded in 1976. That can't be right. No, it is. Uh Anchor is Anchor is no longer craft. Well, it's all well, it's one no longer craft, but it's also like in a weird category where it it's existed forever, mm. but it's been owned by a bunch of people and it's bought out by you know an appliance guy. <laughs> True. So like it, New Albion is the first like from scratch. We're gonna make. Yeah, craft okay. beer. Uh, I wonder just, where I, they are today. <laughs> I, I'm so used to us living, you know, like the dates being, and in 15, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I this was like over 50 years ago. No, surely not. They have a counter. Okay. Um, <laughs> founded in 1976 by Jack McAuliffe in Sonoma, California, New Albion is acknowledged as the first. U.S. microbrewery of the modern era. That's, as well that's as, also probably key. Microbrewery. True. Uh, as well as a heavy influence on the subsequent microbrewery and craft beer movement of the late 20th century. Uh, McAuliffe, and I don't know that I'm saying that right, began as a home brewer influenced by the beer he sampled while stationed by the U.S. Navy in Scotland, as well uh, that of Fritz Maytag's Anchor Brewing Company in nearby San Francisco upon Man, his return. I would... I'm just saying, like, yeah, if you're 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 stuck, you're like, okay, well, I'm in the navy. Welcome to Scotland. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, what so. what, what will I do? You're gonna drink. I'm gonna drink. <laughs> yes. What a great idea. Um. So, upon presenting his idea to Professor Michael Lewis of uh, UC Davis, who would also go on to advise Ken Grossman in the beginning stages of his Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, hmm. uh, McAuliffe utilized the Davis Library to build a plan for his brewery. It's as though all of these are linked somehow. It's as if there's a through line you can trace from one to the next. I just picture the yarn and the... The New Albion <laughs> I... through line gets crazier, though. Oh, I'm just saying, midway through this, I went, God, I want to do a whole episode of New Albion, but this is basically the most we can actually do for them. Uh, that's That always sucks when that happens. Um, in October well, there's, <laughs> there's a reason for that. Yeah. But I mean, like, when you're like, ah, oh, that's that's it, huh? Okay. <laughs> Uh, in October 1976, along with business partners Susie Stern um, and Jane Zimmerman, McAuliffe officially began the New Albion Brewing Company, the name given to the San Francisco Bay Area by sailor explorer Francis Drake, as well as a former San Francisco brewery of the same name. This marked the opening of the first microbrewery in America following Prohibition. The next year, the brewery brewed its first batch of ale. However, Production was not enough to turn a profit, and six years after its founding, in November 1982, New Albion brewed its final batch of beer. And that's why I couldn't do a whole episode. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, The New Albion name was eventually acquired by the Boston Beer Company, of course, sometime prior to 2010. Uh, On August 1st, 2012, Jim Cook, brewer and founder of Sam Adams, announced they would be brewing New Albion Ale for the first time in 30 years as well as transferring all of New Albion's current assets to McAuliffe. Wow. Good on you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, he is now retired and living in northwest Arkansas. Random. 
Uh, he has transferred the company name to his daughter, Renee uh, M. DeLuca. DeLuca well, hopefully now... she kept the, the, the stuff going. Hmm. DeLuca is now brewing New Albion Ale with Platform Beer Company, oh. who is now owned by ABN Bev in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, oh. wow. Turn on that one. Yeah. yeah like I, I, when I got to the, the, I was like, oh man, this is an amazing, an amazing, oh, oh no. No, it can't be. That that's just another. That's an actual like. That's an actual like Greek tragedy. Yeah, like <laughs> just too. played out like it's just, it's building you up and it's building you up and then just cut your legs up from under you and you fall face first into that one. I'm gonna go gouge my eyes out. Well, <laughs> no, never mind. What's what's a different tragedy? I didn't have. I didn't do anything with my mother. <laughs> um. All right. Well, moving on to. Hopefully, a better situation. We at least know they're still around. Yeah. Uh, Sierra Nevada. Uh, they were established in 1979 by homebrewers Ken Grossman and Paul Camusi. Question mark. Are, are these three lines coming through for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> How is everybody's yarn charts doing? All right. Uh, in Chico, it's California. Thorough and and linked to my growing insanity. Um, along with the brewery's location, Grossman claims the company's name comes from his love of hiking in the mountains of the Sierra Nevada. Hmm. With $50,000 in loans from friends and family, Grossman and Camusi rented a 3,000-square-foot warehouse and pieced together discarded dairy equipment and scrapyard metal to create their brewing equipment. They were later just, able... Sorry. I just want to say, like, how rich are their friends and family? Right. Um... So, somebody had to know somebody. Uh, there, they were later later able to acquire second <clears throat> hand copper brewing kettles from Germany before moving to their larger current brewing facility in 1989. I think I remember like I don't know if it was on the tour or doing an episode on on them, but just like getting second hand copper brewing stuff from Germany was just like the biggest deal. Like, well, yeah. Because oh my that's... god! Thank you, Germans. Well, it's so the shipping for the copper brew kettles. Yeah, that w wouldn't have been inexpensive. Like when you, I think that's during the episode what we brought up was like <laughs> the shipping would have cost more than. Yeah, the shipping would have cost more than actually just getting new made in country brew kettles. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Um, the first batch brewed on premises was its pale ale in November nineteen eighty following year the brewery introduced the celebration ipa which i think we've definitely talked about on the show uh, which it continues to release as a winter seasonal the company sold 950 barrels of beer in its first year and double that amount in the second the first breweries to successfully commercialize the use of significant quantities of american hops in the in the uh, style of apa was the sierra nevada brewing company which brewed the first experimental batch oh. of sierra nevada pale ale in 1980 uh, distributing yeah. the finished version in March 1981. Sorry, so, yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. I was there. like, wait, that's, yeah. Um, uh, oh, right, sorry. But we we may have a bit of that beer right now. Ah, yes. Uh, and and one of us uh, managed to buy a sixer. <laughs> I am, I am a, I am a sucker for a good marketing plan, and they because they really. If, if you noticed some. Uh, some dates. This is the what anniversary? Twentieth year. Twentieth anniversary. So, so they 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 brought back 
a throwback original label for the pale ale, except a little original packaging sticker on there, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, even today, I don't hate that. Like the, the label design for it. Wait, no, this is the 40th anniversary. 40th. Jesus, you're right. That's how math works. Oh. oh. But yeah, anyway, the anniversary they put the original label on and I'm mad because I bought a single bottle yeah, that is clearly from a run right before they did that. So it's the like green label that everyone has burned into their brain. Yeah. yeah there's some similarities though. Both have yeah. little rivers going through them. There there's a lot of green, although this has a bit more blue than I'm used to. So wow. I gotta say, in comparison, um, <clears throat> the aroma on the Sierra Nevada <laughs> Pale Ale is Just... decidedly lighter. Mm, I... I would say it's. Hold on. Compared yeah. Okay. To the... Yeah. It's, that's that's actually fair. I I was noticing it more, but I think it was just because it was closer to my nose when I got the glass up there, as opposed to the almost gone anchor one. It's definitely, it's definitely still that amberish color. I think just because it is, of the but it's still, thing. yeah, it's still, still pretty, pretty light in your, your SRMs. Um, I like it a lot better taste wise than the Anchor. It's cleaner. It doesn't have that same soapy that soap. Yeah, it's crisper. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's more, or I, I don't know how to. I would say more flavor, but it's just it's less bitterness, I guess. <laughs> it's Which is it's crazy better... because the first time I had it, I was just like, "Oh, this is bitter." Yeah. And now I'm like, "Oh, that's clean and crisp and refreshing." Yeah. It's uh, it's balanced better. I, yes. I think yes. I would say. Yes, definitely. There's a reason it's one of those uh, like go-to beers for actual brewers. And why yeah. it's in almost every pack they do, like variety pack. It's, oh yeah, it's what it's, started them, and it's their staple. Like the, it's their, their core it's the Boston Lager for Sierra Nevada. Yeah, it is. It's their <laughs> brand identity. Yeah, it's it's you know if there's there's three go to Sierra Nevada beers, it's like this, the regular IPA, and the Torpedo. I was going to say mm. the Torpedo is like the second thing I thought of. Yeah, I was just doing them in order of like hoppiness. Uh. Also, just um, I guess now we need to say. Hey, you can check out our entire episode we did on Sierra Nevada if you would like to know more, because yes. there is an extensive history that was not covered there. That was just a, a brush of the. Would you like history. to know more? <laughs> would you like to know more about Anchor Brewing Company? We also did an entire <laughs> yeah. episode dedicated to them and the Steam Ale. Yeah, yeah. As I was going back through that one, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. We we did cover the California Commons. Yep. In this episode, because they made it, we we did a double up because that was like the first things they did were the California Common and which is the the steam ale. Hmm. So that that made for a good twofer. So if you'd like to know more, you can check out those episodes. Those were a while back, weren't they? They were not recent. <laughs> yeah, there well, well, those uh, those numbers were those numbers were double digits, not triple. Clearly, yeah. we don't. We don't understand time and things like that anymore. Silly things. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about some differences uh, from the UK to the US. The difference between uh, American pale ale and English pale ale, to be precise, is defined by the ingredients. The showcasing of native ingredients creates noticeable contrast between the two. That's what we really could have done. Get an English pale ale hmm. and compare. 
that'd have been a nice. Anyway, uh, English pale ales or bitters are nutty, more robust due to the use of British pale malt, while American malt uh, gives a softer and somewhat crisper feel. American pales are often slightly less balanced. Uh, I think that's more of like in the case of the anchor. Mm. Uh, showing a stronger hot profile uh, than their English brothers. I mean, that that just seems like the American way, though. Like when it comes to, to non-mass brewing. That's how we yeah. what, what should you do? Well, I have hops. <laughs> Dump a couple trash can loads in there. We're only making one bottle of beer. Okay, four trash can loads. <laughs> the hop flavors are also different. Uh, the American hops running ever toward uh, the citrus and pine resin profile they've become known for. Well, English hops have that old world character of floral earthiness. Even the yeasts contribute. Uh, American yeasts often being more neutral, less fruity than uh, the English strains. And there are, uh, from the source, uh, some typos <laughs> that yeah. are bugging me in this. Yeah. I also, will say that's, uh, uh, that is probably a, a, an interesting thing that I, I wouldn't think of right away is that American. Uh, American hop profiles are typically tend more towards citrus and pine. I was like, they do, don't they? They very much do. And that's, um, was it Cascade and Centennial? Like those were the underlying of those. And we've just bred the hops to start bringing those out more and more and more. And then you introduce, you know, the modern hops of Citra and Galaxy. And well, here we are in the modern market. So uh, that brings us to everyone's favorite part of a beer style episode, a reading of the BJCP <laughs> entry. If you'll turn in your BJCP hymnals to... <laughs> to 18B, we shall discuss the American Pale Ale. Oh, God, <laughs> in ages past, I hope... Oh. We went uh, about 10 minutes without any <laughs> other reference there. Okay, uh, so... We just need to have sounders at this point. Your overall impression of an APA. I, I hope you know the overall impression. It's going to be a pale, refreshing, and hoppy ale, yet with sufficient supporting malt to make the beer balanced and drinkable. The clean hop presence can reflect classic or modern American or New World hop varieties with a wide range of characteristics. An average strength hop forward profile, or blah, blah, blah. an average strength hop for there's just a lot of dashes. <laughs> an average strength hop forward pale American craft beer, generally balanced to be more accessible than modern American IPA. It's a and lot of pale. adjectives. Just yeah, ah, throw them. Your appearance, uh, kind of as we we're saying, golden brown to light amber, moderately large, uh, white to off white head. With good retention, generally quite clear. I mean, Although in dry fairness, if version... I'm looking at the head retention on these, like there's still yeah. some head on each of these, and a decent lacing for, yeah, ales. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of your like extremely dry hopped versions, maybe slightly hazy. Aroma moderate to strong hop aroma from American or New World hop varieties with large range of possible characteristics, including citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, or melon. None of these specific characteristics are required, but hops should be apparent. Low to moderate maltiness supports the hop presentation. 
and may optionally show small amounts of specialty malt character, so that bready, toasty, biscuit, caramelly kind of thing. Uh, fruity esters may vary from moderate to none. Dry hopping, if used, may add grassy notes. Yum. How how many years has it taken me to not pass out when I hear esters? I don't think you've done it in like the last two years. It's it's I, I think I've finally learned what they are. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what kind of caused it. So uh, you're going to have a moderate to high hop profile. You should have caught on to that by now. <laughs> Typically showing an American or New World hop character. Also something you should have caught on to by now. Uh, can the class tell me what those those characteristics are going to be of uh, a New World hop? How about citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, uh, maybe even tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, melon, something like that. Exactly. Wow. I think you're all ready for the final exam. It's open book, right? Because my book is open. <laughs> Low to moderate, clean, grainy malt character supports the hop presentation and may optionally show small amounts of specialty malt character, that bready, toasty, biscuity. The balance is typically towards uh, the late hops and bitterness, but the malt presence should be supportive, not distracting. I've had a few words distracting. I do. I do want to say. I think the Sierra Nevada has a might have a little bit more biscuity flavor than the or bready kind of flavor than the Anchor, but mm. at least I notice it more. Yeah. All right. We'll just go straight to the mouthfeel. Uh, medium delight, medium body, moderate to high carbonation. Overall smooth finish without astringent astringency and harshness. That is one thing I will give it, even when before, when I used to not be into pale ales at all, IPAs or anything like that, it was never, never had that kind of quality. Uh, some general comments on it from the BJCP, new hop varieties are used in methods continue to be developed, especially by Sierra Nevada, who are <laughs> just trying crazy ass things all the time. Like, what hey, let's, let, let's, can we brew in oxygen tanks? Let's. What if we? What if we instead hop for? What if we hop first, then add water? <laughs> that, that's not how this works. What, what if we roast the hops? I swear to God. <laughs> Judges should allow for characteristics of modern hops in this style, as well as classic varieties becoming more of an international craft style with local adaptations appearing in many countries with an emerging craft beer market. Yep. Uh, so your characteristic ingredients, pale pale ale malt, hmm. uh, mm -hmm. typically North American two-row. I think that's what Sam Adams uses in damn near everything. everything. I was going to say, yeah. like, is there something that they have that doesn't use two-row? Uh, American or New World hops with a wide range of allowable characteristics. American or English ale yeast, neutral to lightly fruity. Specialty grains may add character and complexity, but generally make up a relatively small portion of the grist. Grains that add malt flavor and richness, uh, light sweetness, and toasty bready notes are often used along with late hops to differentiate brands. And yeah, we'll skip the style comparisons, but uh, statistics, the, the ones that we felt need uh, a voicing probably, your IBUs going to be 30 to 50, so not not crazy like they're not pushing dogfish head levels of ibus <laughs> and oh, your yeah. abvs uh 4.5 to 6.2 on the i would say extremely high end i don't 
see yeah. a whole lot at six point two. It stays relatively well, isn't, low. Yeah, isn't Liberty supposed to be around? It's five point nine, so yeah. it's it's up there. Uh, it's it's close. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, your commercial examples, uh, Ballast Points Grunion. I haven't thought about that beer in yeah. a long time. That's Firestone. a beer. That's a beer name I've not heard in a long, <laughs> long time. Firestone Walkers, uh, Pale Thirty One, Great Lakes Burning River, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Stone Pale Ale, and Trogues Pale Ale. Huh. I, so, I don't think I've had Fire. Well, I've had very little Firestone Walker. Right. But I like like Firestone Walker Pale Thirty One. I want it. I don't know how it tastes like because Firestone Walker, but I just- want it. We just want more of their things, is what it comes down to. But um, I haven't had the Trogues one, I don't think, either. I haven't. Because hmm. before that we quit doing the uh, variety pack episodes, yeah, that was one we never got to do that we had been eyeing was the Trogues. Yeah, but wasn't that pack like 12 months old or something? C- catching a it, pack, it a, yeah. a fresh one, was always an issue. Because we'd be like, oh, here's one. We'd look at it and be like, oh, it's like a holidays variety pack. It's like, it's, oh, what's the date today? It's May. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's a holiday pack. Oh, well, I mean, it's Christmas time. Holiday 2019. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Wrong holiday. So, yeah. Well. So, what are our overall impressions of uh, Pale Ales? Like them now? Are we, are we for them or against them? I just don't think I like the anchor one, honestly. <laughs> like it's just it's just it's extremely old school. It's yeah, it's so bitter. Like I, I just I as as used to IPAs and you know some APAs at this point as we are now compared to you know initially. I still just bitter for the sake of bitter. Just I can't be about it. It, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 not. It's not even that it's super bitter, but it's a very. It's that soap bitter quality. It's a that soap bitter. It, it like can't it's, do it. Yeah. It's because it, it's not like it's it's. You know, I've had I've had some like crazy IB, you know, uh, yeah. IBU beers that are like like, oh, the, the taste. It, it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of cascade hops with nothing else really supporting it, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It's what well, it's single hop, so yeah, that is. It, I have to imagine it's it's a lot of the malt bill that's going to be kind of the difference, and I guess maybe the amount of hop. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into uh, our last segment here? Drink with me, friend. And uh... oh, that was great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting like right up into the mics now with our like, probably yeah, no, you need to hear. Doing the ASMR of opening beers. Can I just say that would probably be like the best ASMR for me? Just ch- 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 oh. just gotta get in there. You gotta whisper. I know, it's it's like the equivalent of uh, the feeling you get when you peel off the plastic of a new electronic device. You know? Oh, just... yeah. <laughs> oh I, I thought you were gonna say the feeling you get when you pop uh, bubble wrap. That too. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll kick off uh, what we're drinking with uh, the surprise. Uh, didn't ever thought about it. Uh, Three Floyd Zombie Dust. It's a. It's only a pale ale. It's a yeah. It's only a pale ale. It's an American pale ale. So dark. Uh, I I could have swore that, but no. That's when I stop and 
I'm like, okay, it's a little, little lighter in color, a little more straw than the amber leaning from the other ones. But I just remember, yeah, it's incredibly hoppy. I mean, just above and beyond what the Anchor or the Sierra Nevada. See, and I maybe, okay, at this point, like our palates are just abused now, but. Um, so it, taking a drink, it, it just carries such like this high, there's a slight pine undertone, but it's just massive citrus. It is just like someone squeezed an orange in this. But that's the difference between like, so like this is hoppier, but you can have more hops and still not have that bitterness factor that the anchor one does. Like, I I don't find this as bitter as, as the anchor. Again, the anchor one, like it was kind of a joke, but kind of not where it's like, taste the history. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, it's kind it's of been like a... the interesting part of this is so starting with the anchor and then moving to the Sierra Nevada and then for us moving to the zombie dust is like it's really showcasing how this style has progressed in the last 40 years. See, or longer than that, even what 45 years? Uh, yeah, <laughs> once again, we got math, <laughs> math, and uh, but yeah, the uh, um. Zombie dust, I always just remember my initial feelings of because wasn't wasn't a hop head. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because before it was definitely hardcore. Six years ago. And I was like, oh, this is this too much. Who who would drink something like this? Turns out we would. Uh, yeah, turns out me. I would. I would. Uh so like it's been it's been a good minute since I've had it, because I just I also don't go seeking it out. One of my okay. favorites from them is uh, uh, from three uh, for, from three Floyds is like Necron ninety nine though. Oh, that one's that's good too. It's it's to be said that um, they've extremely expanded their distribution footprint, and it's so much so that we're really close to them now. That we're just drowning in it now. So yeah, it, it was really interesting to watch. So once a month there would be a zombie dust drop. And it would sell out the day it hit everywhere, but a bunch of it would hit stores. And that day, if you were lucky, you could run up to the stores and you could find some. And then it started, it was like, well, every few weeks, as opposed to once a month, it would hit. And then it was like every other week. And now it's just continually on the shelf. You can get zombie I, dust whenever you want it. I always forget that that's not the case anymore. Yeah. And but it's overpriced. So, like that is the so now yeah. that it's it's not a special thing. It's in price market, like it's still a special thing. Yes, it is very much still priced as though it is. And as been pointed out, uh, if you want the same thing for like a quarter of the price, just go buy yourself a pack of two hearted. <laughs> and they're That's not wrong. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, and I, I I had recommended grabbing that and then I went, oh. Again, thinking that thinking if it's still as that specialty beer I went, oh, I couldn't. They may not be able to see it there. I don't want to have to, you know, have them not get something. Plus, I couldn't find it in singles and I did not want to pay the price of a full six pack of zombie dust. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, so I instead grabbed something that I thought you guys would be able to find. And I turned out turns out the uh, cobbler's children have no shoes. <laughs> We're in an upside-down uh, world. <laughs> and uh, I grabbed something from Mad Tree. 
Cincinnati in, Brewery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their uh, PSA, the Pale Ale. Uh, Mad Tree's distribution down here in Lexington has been great because I've been seeing more and more of their stuff. Uh, I did not grab. I, I came real close to grabbing their uh, blueberry. Um, uh, what is it? it blueberry, blackberry. Uh, oh, shade. It's shade. the um, yeah. Blackberry. 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 Uh, Gosa. Gosa. Yeah. Uh, I keep looking at it going. Oh, mm, good. It's, yeah. it's real good. But I grabbed grabbed this because I, I had show beer to drink. And this smells so much fruitier than, so good. than the other beers we had. And and it's a it's a session, so it's not it's not gonna it's just like not bitter at all. No, it's actually got well, it is bitter. Uh it has it has bitterness to it, but it's not like The anchor, the anchor is, is cloying bitter. Like it, it will literally just hang on to your tongue and like. Mm-hmm. Hi. It's take, yeah, it's <laughs> taking two other beers to get the anchor off of my tongue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has that bitterness, but it's not. It's not as extreme. The pale ale is better balanced. Like if you just want like a, 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 a easy drinking beer. Oh, the Sierra Nevada. The Sierra Nevada. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Sierra yeah. Nevada has a better balance. Uh, the. That's fair. But this has a lot more other flavors in there, uh, and it's got like some nice fruity uh, extra stuff in there. So it's yeah, you're definitely getting more citrus in this, uh, and also more pine. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so it's pretty good. It's uh, been a minute since we've had that one. Yeah, I. It's not the one I usually go to when I go grab mad tree stuff, but it's. It is good. I I've not gone wrong grabbing something from Mad Tree, so yeah, I've been and never mind. We'll, we'll not talk about that <laughs> day. Gonna... Yeah, no, they, but they've been putting out good, really good. Like, um, I I like the uh, Entropic Theory that they put out, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah the, I can't remember the name of the other one. And also, there. we discussed our our love of the shade. Shade. Yeah, it's really good. Shade's fantastic. I think it's been one of my favorite beers ever since they put it out. Yeah, that was an Oktoberfest discovery for us too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And it was like we were just, <laughs> just like, many "What is, what is a this?" Moon ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of some of these breweries, um, I will be at Three Floyds on the 25th of July, and in the Chicagoland area. So if you want to trade or just meet up for a beer, because I will be meeting up with some people, um, just hit me up on Twitter. It's at the bourbon beard, shoot me a message, or you can get into our discord and say, Hey, I'd like to meet up if you're in the Chicago area and we can have a couple beers. And I don't know, maybe you could point out some good bottle shops to me. Cause I don't know. Where I'll, I'm coming up to pick up my dark Lord. And I specifically never mentioned it on the show about the Dark Lord, Dark Lord so Day being could, virtual because like I wanted to, all the best chances to get some of it. And I, I get in a four pack of Dark Lord, and it's still going to be that grab bag. So someone, probably me, is going to get shafted <laughs> because no, it's the variants or not variants, but the Dark Lords are anywhere from like two thousand seven. To today, so somebody's getting like thirteen-year-old dark lords. When the soy sauce is gone, <laughs> I mean, maybe they really needed it on their Chinese food. 
I mean, we'll find like if I get one of those, I'll be like, all right, whatever. We get to see what happens to a dark lord. Like I did, I'm not the one who had to have the patience to hold that thing yeah. for right. 13 years. True, very true. No one was alive then. Surely yeah. not. I've had so many idiots or things pop into my head, and I'm like, you know, we're just gonna move past it right now. All right. Well, yep. Yeah. So, uh, 25th. Uh, just hit me up if you think you'll be there beforehand. Okay. Well. I feel like we're, we're pretty much done. So perhaps you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or you can follow us at haveadrinkshow on social media and twitch.tv or you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can use the feedback page on the website or carrier pigeons. I, uh, my uh, It's not really a rookery when they're pigeons, but they're they've all been out and they're just waiting to come back so all joking fun aside i'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and to also mention uh you can use all the same ways to also correct us that uh, justin mentioned so if we said oh, something man. blatantly wrong or you're like that's not right or or the classic that's not how you pronounce that <laughs> no there's no no we know we mispronounced it that's that's just the just, running we'd love to know the correct one <laughs> yeah just just know that our our defense is always we've been drinking we were drunk at the time uh, the moon. we've so... been drinking and you try reading some of those scotch brands for the first <laughs> time while drunk yeah uh. I don't know which is worse. Those are the um, the German, the, not the German beers, but the people who like the people's names who came up with said beer or brewery or name or whatever. And you're just like, no, you mean like uh, Baron von Isles of Langerhans, <laughs> basically. Uh, so uh, yes, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode, and uh, remember to check out our patreon patreon.com slash have a drink show or the store store is still out there iphone cases pillows t-shirts etc uh let's have a drink store.com but uh once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker we're gonna see you guys next time bye bye Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>